welcome to the Summer Camp Society podcast. Each episode, we're joined with guests to go over and explore some wild ideas, find tangible takeaways, and mostly have fun. MJ from the editing room here. You are quickly going to learn that we are in a professional recording studio for this podcast, and you will find out even quicker that I don't know how to set the uh, audio settings for being in a professional recording studio. So I do apologize for some of the wonky volume that's going on between uh, Sammy not being close to a mic and all that My be there. Also, you can very quickly tell that some of us maybe lost our voices because we talked so much. That's on me. Um, enjoy. Uh, you will hear from me throughout the rest of the podcast here as I chime in. Enjoy. This is your host, MJ, for this episode. I am pretty much live right now with the Summer Camp Society retreat here at Camp Re in New York. And I've got some friends here with me today. And we're going to be talking about voice and choice in our programs and our camps. We're also in this wildly fancy studio. So this may be the most professional thing I've ever done. I'm going to introduce our three guests we've got here that will be jumping in and out. Well, actually, I'll let you all introduce yourself. Dave, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Thank you. Glad to be here. Dave Lavelle, Plainfield YMCA, part of the Greater Somerset County YMCA, second camp director. Awesome. And we've got Sammy here. Hi, everyone. I'm Sammy. I'm a camp director with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, as well as the research lead here at the Summer Camp Society. That's right. Sammy works with me. All right. And Caitlin. What's up, guys? This is Caitlin, director of programs for Camp Holiday Trails. Just really excited to be here today. Yeah, thank y'all so much for joining me. Y'all chose to be here today, and we are talking about like voice and choice at like camps and even at this retreat. Sammy, can you share a little bit more about the difference of this retreat with like the choices and options? Yeah, so we had a lot of different blocks where different people would present on topics that they were passionate about sharing, maybe weren't the expert in, but could share some really cool information, have really cool discussions. And it was really awesome because we were able to pick which session we thought we might be able to get tangible takeaways that applied to our camps or would give us the things that we needed for our own personal and professional group. Yeah, thank you so much. It was, it's been really cool. I think it's been really cool. Y'all want to talk a little bit about your experience with that, like options to opt in of things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one thing I love just in general about the Summer Camp Society retreat is that we get an opportunity to, one, connect face-to-face in person with the people that we've been talking with throughout the year. But this time, we really had options to hone in on what is it that we're trying to seek in areas either we're looking to grow in or we're interested in pursuing in the future or just things that interest us. And then on the flip side, if there was like, I just need to take a 30-minute break and just go chill, we can do that. And it was like nice and it wasn't overwhelming like some conferences can be where there's like eight to ten choices mm-hmm. in a breakout. We were cutting it down to three or four. Yeah, absolutely. Like, get what you need with it. This is, Dave, this is your first time at yes. a retreat. What's your experience been like? First time here at Summer Camp Society retreat. It's my first time on a podcast. So a lot of firsts today during this retreat. The greatest thing I think about voice and choice is that's how I go to almost every conference and convention. I am a big advocate of I can learn things all year round 
and going to a conference and telling me I have to sit at this particular meeting in order for me to gain some knowledgeable knowledge is not my thing. So for my thing was I just looked at it and I'm like, what, how am I feeling at that moment? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to hear? And how do I f- see it giving me a benefit? So for me, it was really awesome. Like I, I picked things that, you know, it, it was for me. And eventually it, it opened up to how can I make my job and my life better? Yeah. Yeah. This retreat for me has felt very like coming in and slowing down about things. I think our spring retreats can be really known for ideas and generating solutions. And this one's been more of like that thought provoking, like what do we need slowing down? What do you need as a person to make sure that your camp is taken care of because you're taken care of? Do your camps offer choice? What does that look like on your sites or within your programs? So, yeah, from, like, our staff perspective, we talk with our counselors when we're hiring them from the get-go about, like, what are things that you're interested in? So, right on their application, it's like, what skills or trades or hobbies do you have? And there's even checkboxes of some of the activities that we offer. And then during the interview process, talking with them about, like, what is something that you would want to run? Even if you don't have this, maybe this skill set, you've never shot a bow and arrow before. Guess what? We can train you in that. If that's something that you're like, oh, that just sounds really cool. Or if maybe they're a camper turned staff member that's like, oh, I've always been, loved doing challenge course, so that's what I wanted to tra- tra- be trained in, we can do that. So from a staffing perspective, we try our best to offer them choices to find out what they're interested in and also re- reminding them, like, hey, ultimately you don't have to do this all summer if you go halfway through and you're like, if I see a bow and arrow one more time, I'm going to go crazy, right? Right. Um, and at the same time, though, with our campers, we do have a pre-selection process, like an, give us your preferences. Mm-hmm. We call it activity preference. Campminder's great about that. Not a plug, just be clear. <laughs> just a note. Just a note. <laughs> That's there, and it helps us formulate, okay, these are the very popular activities that kids are going to want to do, and then we can always check in with campers when they get here, too, of, like, if there's something, they're like, my parents signed me up for that. I don't want to do it. And on our two-week session, we actually allow campers to change whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, I tried this out. I don't like it. But I saw Johnny, who's in my cabin, do X, Y, and Z, and I want to try that now. Yeah. I think that's, like, super important because I think you can also, like, if you're intimidated by something and you're immediately, like, opting yourself out of that, like, I think a lot about people and, like, young young people in particular, like, that aren't comfy around water and they're seeing that it is a safe space. They're kind of checking out how the lifeguarding works, how the life jackets work, and it's like, okay, I actually do want to do this and I haven't lost my chance to. Y'all, how does it work with your camps? Where do you see it? Yeah, we don't at this point offer a lot of choice, uh, just given that we're running one week, mostly volunteer-driven sessions, and with the supervision and care needs of a lot of our campers, but I've had a lot of opportunity this week to explore what that could look like at my camp, and to like pick people's brains about, you know, these are the barriers that I see with the facilities I work with, and the way my organization is structured, and kind of brainstorming ways that I can get past those barriers and advocate within my organization that this is something that we should be doing with our campers. Yeah, we're going to come back. We're going to brainstorm here. All right. Y'all got choice? Yeah. Camp Rise at Plainfield YMCA, we pride ourselves to make sure that the kids learn how to represent, inspire, strengthen, and explore. Most of our mornings are really enrichment-based, based on the theme, the weekly theme, the daily theme, 
And then when you get into the afternoon after lunch, we have something called Choice Wonder Labs. And with Choice Wonder Labs, what it is is that we either set a safe, a safe space where we're able to monitor and manage the, staff, the kids all at once or move them out if it gets too a little chaotic, mm-hmm. but we put a lot of different things in there. We have a chess station. We have a uh, music uh, music station where they can do a little bit of karaoke. We got a station where they just want to do arts and crafts and paint and do a lot of different things. And if they want to be outdoor during that time frame, we have a, a staff member running a clinic of, of sports clinic right outside where there's soccer, you know, softball, or, you know, do- even dodgeball. So it gives the kids the opportunity, and you just see how... It works really great in an hour and a half block because in 15 minutes you can be bored at being playing chess and then it's like you're able to just walk around or with assistance you're able to get escorted out to the field in order for you to go join the field activity. Mm -hmm. You got the field kids like, oh, I'm tired. I'm you know, I need more water. So, and once they go get water, they realize that the room where the other activities mm-hmm. in there, they automatically, the eyes lit up. It's like, I don't want to go back outside. I want to go do some artwork now. Yeah. So you get a lot of different emotion and just see how, for one, you know, kids don't know how to make a decision and stay still decision sit in one place. Why not just give them the option to do so? Yeah. And, yeah. So much of, I think, the something that I'm really taking away from this retreat is this idea of like we're trying to make young people fit into the world that we're creating and we're not creating a world for them to live in and like you're saying Dave like they don't know how to make like stick with a decision and like who's saying that they have to like who's saying that there is this space where you know yes there's probably like within sports or year-round programs or activities where it's like well we want to make sure that you can commit to something or showing that dedication but also like if you're not liking arts and crafts like you can go play basketball like that's okay yeah Yeah. i think one thing with like camp in general you know the the big c camp is like it's all about exploration and figuring Mm -hmm. things out and trying new things and doing it in a safe space and so how are we fostering that within our own programs i think something else that's come up too is like the idea of informed consent and if it's an activity you're going to have to stick with letting kids know that in advance like you're going to need to come and it's going to take 10 minutes to go over instructions and you need to be there and listening for that whole time and then if you decide you don't like it then you can switch activities but letting them know and that those expectations and really setting it up for success yeah um, I, I love that point you know what i mean as if you give them that idea that if you go through this you will be rewarded they will definitely find a way to be a part of those activities that they truly need the enrichment component to get move forward yeah All right, Sammy, you said that you're learning a lot from the time that we're in this, like, giant think tank together. What are you you thinking about? A lot of things. (laughs) List. Don't worry. I think one of the biggest takeaways I've had is the idea that choice can help prevent a lot of the behavior issues we see. And we were talking a lot about kind of, like, debriefing the summer and that we saw these behavior challenges and we were talking about how they had to send campers home because behaviorally they couldn't stay at camp. And someone said, you know, offering this choice allows them to opt out if something's boring. It allows them to, you know, do what it is that feels good for them in that moment and the headspace that they're in. And so, like, I mean, similar to all of us here at the retreat, mm-hmm. sometimes you're just not in the mood to go listen to a session and be in that space. And it's better to, you know, find a buddy and go chill and talk. And we can afford kids that same luxury and uh, help them have a better experience at camp yeah okay what is like 
you work with muscular dystrophy mm -hmm. and so your campers are in like wheelchairs and power chairs how are you thinking you can add and y'all can chime in too how can sammy add choice to the programs that she's running yeah i think the larger barrier that i have than my kids accessibility needs is that i don't own the facilities that i use okay and so um, i have to bring all of the supplies so um, when like talking about like how at um, Camp Reimagine they've made this work in their day camp program, it's a lot of like, and we have this shed that mm -hmm. has these supplies in it that kids can go and grab. Um, and I don't have that luxury to do that. I can't make modifications to my space. Um, so really thinking about like, what could I put in a wagon? Yeah. Um, and pull out and say like, okay, like in this field today, and it might be a different space every day, but mm -hmm. like. There's arts and crafts projects, and there's a bin full of sports equipment that you can play with, and there's the playground, and you know the different facets of the facility I'm working with at any given time. So kind of just trying to be be creative. Yeah. yeah. We tried something, and it actually came out of our pool pump breaking for about a month in the <laughs> lovely heat wave that we all experienced, well, many of us experienced this past summer. But we started offering more choices for like having a true free time. Our mm. free time used to be pool time, and then it was like, yeah, you can do kind of whatever you want around the pool, but it really wasn't giving kids choice, especially yeah. either they didn't want to swim, they can't swim, it's not fun, it's, you know, whatever the reasoning. And so we got together with some of our counselors and found out, like, what are some of the things you love to do? And so Magic the Gathering and D&D &D are two big things that are largest amongst our counselors and kids. Yes. Campers see it, and they're like, oh, I want to learn this. And yes. if you're in a cabin with one of those counselors, yeah, you're probably going to learn it but there's other kids outside mm -hmm. those cabins that want to and so we have that going we usually run our zip line during our free time also when pool is going so like we would have that going we added in reading and just rest time in our hammock village space and there was usually like a fourth or fifth option that was running and kids could sign up for those things and if for some reason they got to them like you were saying earlier they like they could shift and say like oh i want something different i didn't like dnd as much as i thought mm -hmm. so i want to go hang out and just play board games in the dining hall they could do that easily after about a 10 15 minute time of trying it out and so i see us possibly rolling that in is like something more standard yeah. into our programming and determining like okay do you want to go to the pool for the hour and a half that we have or would you rather have some free time and do some other activities and just figuring out that logistically and that was actually something our camp director came up with so kudos to her for running with that and just making it work yeah right like how many things uh, coming out of like the pandemic where we're like wait this is actually a really great yeah. thing and we want to sustain that yeah. so like there is those like silver linings so i love that yeah the other idea that someone had shared was almost having like a buddy board like you have at the water yes. for your choice activities because it can be nerve-wracking like when you have a lot of kids and they're all over the place and you know for me like my kids have medical needs and the same for Caitlin and you sometimes need to know where they are and so I love this idea of having a board in a central location and you know like kids names on magnets or just writing their names up there and it's so easy to switch and then if someone needs to go look you can just go look at the board and know like okay Johnny is at basketball Maybe that's not where he went at the beginning of the period, but mm -hmm. you know where he is, you know where your counselors are. And the other thing was just like zone defense supervision and how much you can put in like an open space and have a lot of different options so kids have a lot of choice and can move freely with very little staff. Because um, I know that's something we all struggle with is yeah. finding hiring staff. And so having spaces where it's like, yeah, this like one staff member 
um, can see like these areas. Mm -hmm. This staff member can see these ones, and they overlap. So there's always like two eyes on every area, but almost like kind of like a lifeguard's vibe. Exactly. Of, like, scanning the area and watching for issues and putting people in things where you know there might be problems. If you had a Gaga ball pit, having someone planted right mm -hmm. there, there's oh, probably going to be problems there. Like. And just thinking about what that could look like from a staffing perspective and to like allow more staff time off because you don't need as many staff out there. Right. So I just want to definitely put out a couple of logistic things that could help out. You know, obviously walkie-talkies help best because if you have that buddy board and you have somebody monitoring the buddy board, it's kind of like being the dispatcher. Mm -hmm. They're standing there and they'd be like, all right, Johnny's moving from base basketball to tennis right now. Right. And then the dispatcher is sitting there on the buddy board be like, all right, this over here, over here. And then you can visually see like, oh, wow, okay, oh, we got too many kids over here. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, Casey, can you mind just running over over to tennis because we have a couple of kids over there? Again, I guess in, in regards to support CITs, have CIT program, and develop a peer mentorship program, a peer buddy program where, you know, when it comes to those needs, where they understand that they can help get those children into those different choice activities. As far as the supplies goes, you know, Home Depot. Put some things on some wheels. You can get those little wheel things and get some, mm -hmm. get a, 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 a you know a piece of plywood, a really thick piece of plywood. Fence it up, and now you got your little own wagon that has your supplies, where you're able to move into the location. And logistically, what we did is that um, with Camp Rise, we had honey, honey, you know, bees was our theme, so we created a hive. And cool. my office was in the hive. The medical station was in the hive. The store was in the hive. The you know, crisis and common corner was in the hive. Mm -hmm. So kids would just know that, okay, it's not really my office, but it is my office, but they can always come in. And if there's a crisis, they know I'm always there. And then, okay, if you want to calm down, I work on the calming down se section where they're able to play. But ultimately, I think logistically, just selecting that one room will be your village, your space where you know what, you can give them a choice and that can definitely amp up your game in, in, in your camp. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking too. Like, yes, supply wise, that's you can't just. I mean, you could just like fly soccer balls in. Like, definitely an option. But also, like, why could you look at your counselors and say or whoever and be like, all right, you're running a program. You actually don't get supplies. What are you doing? I've done imaginary house hunters. I have done improv classes. Like, what are ways? Like, you know, we did a Taylor Swift fan club once. This was before it was cool. We made the braces before <laughs> they were cool. Talked to MK at the stomping ground, and like, we just found paper and stamps and wrote letters to Taylor Swift and then mailed them. Like that was the activity, and the site already had it. So I think we can also start like leveling up our creativity on what those are, or like. Something that I love that Project Kinder does is we do camper clubs and they get to pick what it is. And so, yeah, like for that one, it may just be the same group running basketball every single day. But like after dinner, it's always campers leading a program and their staff member is just like that advisor that you would have had in like a high school club. So it's like, great, we're D&D. &D. It ran for a week straight and it was the game master was the seventh grader and people would come in and it was like a whole built out system across five days of building your character, doing your thing. I don't know anything else about it, but I know they did that. Costumes were involved and it was like this seventh grader got to plan this whole entire thing. And like, that was so cool. Gives them that confidence. Also like takes the pressure off of me or my staff to have to come up with something because I can go, Hey, Kara, what are we doing today? And they'd be like, 
we're going to learn a synchronized swimming dance in above the water. And then seven kids are all of a sudden doing a weird synchronized swimming for an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I love the clubs thing. It's so it's, fun. It's, I love the club thing. So I now I know this next year I have to have a fashion club, a bedazzle club, and I definitely need to have a Pokemon club. If I'm not ready for those three clubs, just know behavior challenges will be showed up because mm-hmm. I didn't give them the opportunity to express their interest. So mm-hmm. kudos. I love the clubs. The other thing that had come up in talking about choice is like mixing camper age groups. I think yeah. that's a kind of a spot that a lot of people are nervous about. Like, okay, if everyone has choice and like I have a seventeen year old and a seven year old wanting to play gaga ball, like what does that look like? And from what I've heard from everyone, like it looks really positive. Like mm-hmm. and just seeing like this larger camp community form and so like just thinking intentionally about the goals of my program of like, yeah, I want younger kids to see these older kids and make those connections and have role models and for my older kids to have leadership opportunities and I think it just creates really awesome organic opportunities for that to happen. Yeah and and every morning so we have a blazer program it's our 15 to 17 year old campers so not CITs we do it more of as like an LIT so leadership and training type program because all of our campers may not become counselors due to some of their medical diagnoses or needs but with that every morning we ask them at breakfast like okay what activities do you guys Mm -hmm. want to go to and our hope is that they will kind of help co-facilitate so maybe that's eventually learning like what are the rules and they have to follow or instructions at challenge course or hey they're going to go co-facilitate arts and crafts with one of our counselors and kind of have the opportunity to be role models and mentors some of the other things like you were saying like it's great to see the younger kids and and older kids together and it, it really truly is just like an opportunity for them to get to be role models with one another but with that like I've seen some really strong relationships form where maybe we were starting to have some behavioral issues mm-hmm. with younger campers and because they had f- built such a strong relationship with this 15 or 16 year old they would come alongside and be like hey can I try and talk with them or like be their yeah. buddy and it worked out great yeah I think it also like then comes around to your camper and then like to staff pipeline retention yeah like if you've got older campers that are you know having this opportunity to like play gaga ball i'm just gonna keep using that as my example um <laughs> like they do that with the younger kids and they form this connection and then you know they've aged out of camp but they have the opportunity to come back whether it's a staff member or cit lit depending on your camp mm-hmm. like, they might be more inclined to do that because they've got an investment in some of those younger mm-hmm. kids and they like and I've, like, felt that, like, I've had kids that, you know, have the opportunity at camp to, like, connect with some of the younger kids and feel like, okay, like, I do think I'd want to be a counselor with them. Like, yeah. it is fun to, like, hang out with them and help them have fun and talk to them and, you know, support them. And this is something that I am finding joy in, so I want to come back in that role. Um, on the flip side, maybe they figure out they don't. And then yeah. you save yourself the trouble of like them trying to come back as a staff and having a hard experience Mm -hmm. yeah I think like we always try to do this this is like a whole separate podcast (laughs) in itself of like what does a CIT or successful LIT program look like for people who don't want to be camp counselors like what does that look like and that's Mm -hmm. giving you that taste of it to be like you know what upon like I thought I wanted to be a teacher for all my life I became a like religious ed teacher for two hours on Wednesdays and I said oh never mind 
I do not want to be a teacher because I had that two hours experience for, you know, a year. So it's super helpful. And something I wanted to share on your point, and then I'm going to start slowly kicking us all out here, is when asking campers what they want to do, giving them the choice in the moment is so much more. We started with like the little pieces of paper that were like, okay, you are going to sign up for tomorrow's activities. And there may be some that you do need actual numbers for in logistics, but then it would be like, well, I don't want to go to this. And like the next day, and it's like, well, I found out that Sarah's going to this one and I want to go to that. As opposed to here are two adults, you can have up to 20 people at this thing, like one, two, three, where are you going? And then coming back and like building in transition times and all that. So as we're kind of like wrapping up here, any last final thoughts on voice and choice through programming with campers? I think it's just key that we continue to listen to the voices of our campers Mm -hmm. to drive our programming, whether that's through evaluation surveys Sammy and I love data so we'll talk about that all day long but that's one way that like we also determine like what is something that's working for our kids what programming do we need to keep what is something maybe we need to get rid of or revamp so that it is something that is of interest but really just figuring out like how can we continue to listen to them because they are the next generation and they are going to be the next generation of camp counselors Mm -hmm. camp staff camp professionals parents that are sending their kids to camp at one day so I think you know really listening and taking in what they're saying and hearing it not just listening in and doing nothing with it yeah I have two thoughts because you said data so now I have a data thought um have you taken our burnout survey (laughs) I'm taking the burnout survey if you haven't please go if you're listening to this podcast please go take it link in bio I think like data comes in a whole lot of forms and if you're doing something like a buddy board and you're seeing where kids are going, like just keeping a tally of that or like tossing it out in a spreadsheet if you have mm-hmm. the ability to that or taking a picture of the buddy board yeah. so you can see like, okay, we have like 20 kids going to basketball every single day. They clearly really love that. Like, are we offering it all the time when we have choice? Are we offering that as like a whole activity block? Like, what can we do to offer more of the things that kids really want? Or if there's something that like no one is doing, trying to figure out why, like, mm-hmm. Is it because they've never heard of it? Or is it because, you know, like, the staff member that's running it they don't like? Like, they all going to basketball because the cool male staff member is the yeah. one that runs it, and they're all obsessed with him? Like, you know, like, trying to look at that to balance programming and make it better. So thank you for letting me go on that data tangent. Love it. And the other thing I have been thinking and, like, final thought on it is, like, this doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah. And there are ways to make choice in a sustainable way. And I was talking to Lenny, who is like a seasonal staff, and she's like, I don't have the ability to like make the organizational change to put more choice in. And we were talking about like, what if you just took like a bucket with you with extra activities? Mm-hmm. Like you, your cabin has to go build fairy houses, and you know some of your kids aren't gonna love that, but you bring with you a bucket with like some arts and crafts and a card game and some books and give them the choices and like you can do this on kind of like a micro level at camp too like it doesn't need to be huge it, like there are baby steps that we can take to get to the point where there's more choice at camp and we can kind of embed it smaller in our programming 
I love that idea because, like, so much of the time we talk about, like, what are the system, like, the large overarching things, and you just said, like, go to the Dollar General, and, like, yeah, that's your own funds, or maybe you figure it out, but, like, for 10 bucks, you've got some type of ball, some type of craft, in a bucket, like, I'm, I'm obsessed, I'm gonna start buying buckets now. Dave, final thoughts. Man, uh, so much, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it simple. Biggest thing is that uh, voice and choice is very key in anything for yourself, for the staff, for the caregiver, to the parent. And to the student, applying those opportunities throughout the entire camp building process will make it really, really worthwhile because, you know, everybody's going to feel that they have an invested piece in the camp because they can be like, oh, I gave that idea. Mm-hmm. And you, you want to give them that validation. You did give me that idea. But the other great thing about it is that the bucket, that's something that we do. You know, as well, we have a little rolling buckets all the whole yeah. place. You can go in the bucket as long as you put everything back in the bucket. Like, every morning, it's that's what it is. You know, we don't know how much impact we actually are, are having on these, on these children when they have the choice and the power to make the right decisions. And as long as we mitigate the, 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 the yeah, issues, you know, we'll have a great time. So, ultimately... It's the greatest thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Free choice and structured activities or structured choice. <laughs> I think that's that's something that, you know, we need to implement is structured choice. Yeah. is a great way for us to be successful in camp and even in after school settings. Cool. Thank you all so, so much. It's been a treat and a pleasure having you here on the pod and spending the last few days with you. All right. Thank you all. See you on the next episode. Hey there, MJ from the editing room once again. This is where I'm going to introduce my fun friend, Maeve, who is joining me on the podcast to talk about choice and voice. She wanted to get to use the microphone, so I so uh, graciously let her join me um, and her dad, Mike. So you'll hear that conversation here. And I hope you enjoy. This is if you were to give a four-year-old a podcast and asked her what you wanted to talk about, this is what you would receive. I have a very special guest with me here on our podcast talking about choice. Do you want to introduce yourself and say your name? What's your name? Maeve. Maeve, why are you here today? Mm. That's okay. What do you want to talk about today? Frozen. Frozen? Amazing. All right, so this is me giving choice to someone. What about Frozen? What's your favorite part? Elsa's powers. Elsa's powers. If you could have powers like Elsa, would you want them? Yes. What would you do with them? Play with them. Play with them. Okay. Do you have any, like, brothers or sisters or siblings? I have Cooper. you got Cooper. Do you think Cooper would want powers, too? No, he doesn't like Frozen. Doesn't like Frozen. Okay, so you're going to have the power. So he's kind of like Anna. He won't have powers. No, he's he likes marble runs and Minecraft. Oh, okay. Amazing. What Do you have a favorite character in Frozen? Elsa. Elsa. Amazing. How many times have you seen Frozen? I don't remember. Don't remember. Okay. Mike, do you have anything that you want to add about Elsa or Frozen? We just really love to sing the songs from Frozen 2, right? Especially which one? 
the one where she goes out in the dark sea. <gasps> yes, that's such a good one. Do you remember what it's called? Show Yourself. Show Yourself. Oh, so good. Do you want to sing it on the podcast? You don't have to. You want to? All right. Can you, maybe dad can help as well. Hey there, me again from the editing room. Maeve and I tried really hard to get the copyrights to this, but Disney did not get back to us in time. So I have a little snippet and you can enjoy it. And then uh, we just get back to our conversation. I'm That was beautiful. So good. Good job. So y'all sing this all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else do you want to talk about? Juno. Juno? What's Juno? My cat. You have a cat named Juno? Oh my gosh. What color is your cat? She's like black. Okay. What do you like to do with Juno? I like to pet her. Pet her. She. How does she feel? I can't really tell her meows. Oh, what does that mean? Like some people can understand cats' meows. <sighs> what does she say to you? I can't understand them. Oh, I can understand that. That's pretty tricky. But she's good to hang out with, even if you don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes she's really cute when she's cuddled up like a, like a giant centipede. <laughs> that does sound awesome. So she is, you like to pet her. You like it when she looks like a cute little centipede. Not little, humongous. Humongous centipede. Okay. Does she stay inside? She can go outside too. Does she play outside with you? No. She doesn't want to go down your slide? No. No. Because she can't jump up there. She normally doesn't jump on high places. That's a good, that's, that's probably safe. Yeah. Mike, do you have anything that you want to talk about? Well, maybe we were talking about how at, at our camp, at day camp, kids get to choose a lot of the things that they do, right? And you came sometimes with mom last summer, and you got to choose different options. Yeah, and we're like a mini fox, so we can, like, leave without telling them. Yeah, 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 because, like, you're you're on the camp, or you're with mom, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What were some of your favorite things that you got to choose last summer? The giant swing. Can you tell me more about this giant swing? So you get into a harness and a helmet, they like climb up a ladder and draw on one of the persons like clips something onto your harness. Mm-hmm. Then there's a rope that people pull and you go higher and you say stop when you're done and there's a rope that you pull then it releases you and makes you swing. Oh my gosh. Do you scream? Are you so excited? I don't scream. You don't scream. Okay. How does it feel when you're going on the big swing? I love it. Yes. How many times do you think you did the swing this summer? Maybe two or three. That's a lot. Okay, so we liked the big swing. Was there an activity that, or a choice you didn't want to do or didn't like? 
Volleyball. Volleyball. Why didn't you like volleyball? Because I don't know how to play it. That is tricky. That is tricky. Would you want to learn one day? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes our, our choices and our favorite things change. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any choices that you would really love to be able to do that we didn't do at camp? Mm-hmm. Not really sure? Yeah. That's okay. Cool. Yeah. If you think of them, would you tell Dad? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe help him pick some ideas for next summer? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. I love it. You also spend a lot of time in the hammocks, huh? Ooh. The inside hammocks or the outside hammocks? Both of them. Nice. Do you have a favorite color hammock? The purple and orange one. Nice. Why purple and orange? Because purple is one of my favorite colors. That's a good. It's one of my favorite colors, too. Mike, what's your favorite color? Oh, my favorite color <laughs> is probably blue. Oh, go ahead. His favorite color is probably blue. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, I like blue. I also like orange a lot, too. Nice. Okay, so that's a good hammock for the two of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dad? Yep. I do, but purple's okay, but it's not my favorite. He, purple's okay. Okay. But it's not his favorite. Yeah. His favorite. Yeah. That's, so it's, it can be your favorite, and then blue can be his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I was also wondering, Maeve, sometimes when people listen to a podcast, sometimes someone says at the beginning or the end, like, thanks for listening, or you're listening to this. And I wondered if MJ thought that mm-hmm. it would be cool if Maeve could say something like that, that I we would... could have your voice to do. Thanks for listening. Can say, see you on the next episode? See you on the next episode. So good. Okay, one more. Can you say, welcome to the Summer Camp Society podcast? It's a long one. It's a long one. Can you, you want to just... try again? Or welcome to the podcast? Welcome to the podcast. All right, and then can we say it together? We'll go like one, two, three. Welcome to the podcast. Can you do that? Ready? One, One, two, three. Welcome Welcome to to the the podcast. podcast. Good job. (laughs) Thank you for joining me. You want to say thanks for letting us talk in the microphone? Thanks for letting us talk in the microphone. Thanks for listening. Join us for the next episode for more big ideas, actionable takeaways, and lots of fun. Until then, check out our Instagram or thesummercampsociety.com for free resources, including videos, training session, games, and more.